Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Jaguar and KJ Baxter here, back with another Utopia Talks podcast. Today's guest is one of the artists at the forefront of drum and bass's revival. She is the voice of a new generation of dance music makers and ravers. If you've not seen her at a festival this summer, you've probably seen her on TikTok. Her ridiculously catchy tunes spang UKG, jungle, pop. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Piri. Hello. Thank you so much for that introduction. Oh my God, I'm flattered. Well, it's what we do. Mm. It's what we do. Um, You okay? Yeah, super gassed to be here. Very fun. My first like proper like sit down at a table podcast, podcast. Is it? Yeah. Wow, what an honour. Yeah, I'm gassed. Well, hopefully we don't disappoint. I feel like I feel like one of them YouTubers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're sat in one of the gaming yeah, chairs as literally. well. Literally, <laughs> I'm, I'm locked in, guys. Yeah, I mean, hey, maybe that's what we should do. We should get like, maybe we should get like a Nintendo Switch. Oh, I play Minecraft while you talk. Oh yeah, sick. It's like you know on TikTok now when to like hold people's attention span. There's a video and then oh, there's like yeah, a Subway game surfers. graphic underneath to try and like help you focus. Subway Surfers or like kinetic sand. Yeah. We need some of them. Okay, series four. <laughs> that's yeah. the that's the goal. Extra yeah. stimulation. Yes. Yeah. Season. Good to know. <laughs> um. Yeah. You've been busy. Yes. I didn't even like how how's the summer been as we record it's been this. Crazy. The end. Like, it's my first year of like European festivals. That was fun. I was kind of I was kind of anxious for it at first just because mm. I don't know like all the travel just like stressed me out. Yeah. Like so many flights and it's just it seems crazy to like just fly somewhere and then fly back the next day, you know. Just I know. To do like an a half an hour show. Yeah. It's insane, but it's been super fun like I've I've I don't I don't know why I was so stressed about it. I'm that type of person, I think, but I've enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. What's been one of your favorite shows this year? One of my favorite shows um Ross Kilder in Denmark oh, was wow. took me by surprise though. Okay. I had no idea like you know, I was just kind of thinking like, oh yeah, they're probably like, they don't know me as well, like in mainland Europe as like, UK is a bit of a bubble, I think with its mm. music, especially mm. right now. Um, so I wasn't expecting much, but then like, they were going mental. They were jumping, like chanting. And then towards the end of the show, it, we were kind of booked for a show that was longer than our usual one that we run. So, you know, me and my musical director were like, what do we do? So we put in like a bit of the Danish national anthem towards the end. What? Just like almost as like a time filler. Just I was just gonna be like, guys, thank you for having me in Denmark. But then like we did not anticipate the response that like, they were singing it. Oh. They were and then we like put a drum and bass beat over it as well. <gasps> they were going mental and then on and on started and they were still singing the anthem, like just kept going. It was two crees. Oh that's so yeah, fun. it was it felt so good on stage as well. Just like so much good energy when people get involved. Mm. I found out afterwards as well most of them like I had a friend in the crowd who was kind of asking around like do you know her and they were like no no one like really knew they were just there for the vibes which like makes it so much more special even you've done your job yeah I was like I was like let's go thank you and I found out like there was only like two drum and bass acts at the whole festival no way which is crazy compared to the UK yeah blew my mind when I found that out I was like yo big up Denmark Mm. big up Yes. Big thank, in Denmark. Thank you for having me, Ross Kilda. <laughs> there we go. Um, so, I want to take it back for you. Because mm-hmm. um, you make electronic music. And as I said in the intro, you're kind of part of this new generation, mm-hmm. which I find fascinating. I mean, I'm saying that like I'm like 82. I'm only like five <laughs> years older than you. Those kids these days. It were different Zoomers. back in my day. <laughs> Where are you from? Where are you from? Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> Cornwall, deep yeah. country. <laughs> General farmer, right? Yeah. yeah. Was that was it? Farmer? Yeah, farmer. We'll go with that. Okay, Let's go it on. is now. Um, but yeah, where when did you fall in love with electronic music? So for me, this question kind of like it used to kind of make me feel like almost not ashamed, but just a bit like ooh, because I feel like I got into it quite late. 
Um, it was like second year of uni, so I was like 19, 20 kind of age. But it was just purely because I had not been around anyone who listened to it at all. Like mm. I grew up in like a rural, like North Manchester. There's there was no scene. Rochdale. Where I Rochdale. Up the Dale, let's go. Up the Dale. Uh but there was no scene whatsoever. And just like none of my friends were into that. Like everyone was just very like, you know, like chill, like indie vibes. Mm. And I to be fair, my dad was an indie fan, my mum liked R and B. So no dance music from the parents' side either. And then it wasn't till like uni and like even like I went to uni in Lancaster and there's no scene there either. Mm. I just made a series of like, poor choices for like dance music uh, vibes. But yeah, it wasn't until like I met like a different group of friends uh, in second year of uni who were like kind of into dance music. And I like literally I was hooked like straight away after my first event. I was like, what the hell? Because I never enjoyed clubbing that much mm. until then. And I was always like, what is the hype about? Like, because it just was, it just was the music. I hadn't heard like what mm. I needed to be hearing in that environment. So it was kind of, it clicked a lot for me, to be honest. Yeah. Do you remember, I guess like the first few raves you went to that you really enjoyed? Yeah, there was, there was a warehouse project I went to. God, I can't, I think... It was shy effects. I can't, they've all got modelled up in my mm. mind now. Into because I lived like in Manchester way, so I went to a bunch. Um, I think it was shy effects at Warehouse Project, and then there was like a society for like electronic music in Lancaster that would throw like one event a month or something, maybe even less. Mm. And I went to that, and it was just like local DJs, but it was sick still. Yeah, had a great time. Yeah, I love that, and I guess drum and bass specifically. Mm. What Obviously, you mentioned Shy FX there. Mm-hmm. Was was that, like, one of your early experiences of it? Yeah, for sure. Like, at the start, I was into uh, very much into Tech House. And then I was really into Liquid. And, like, Shy mm. FX has some more, like, vibey, like, co- like chill tunes yeah. as yeah. well. And it was that side of it that just really, like, stuck out to me. And then, obviously, like, those hybrid minds as well, I was really into at first. I feel like that's, that stuff's easy to latch onto when you're first getting into dance music as well. Because mm. of the, like, there's just a lot of melodies. There's a lot of, like nice musical information going on and then yeah I don't don't know it's just I really like tech house as well I was doing my degree like every day doing my dissertation it was just like tech house pounding in the earbuds love it getting through it what was your degree chemistry wow unexpected one let's go women in stem yeah big up is that did you want to get in like go into chemistry yeah it was like I was always like science ever since Ever since like year five, when like the first I had my first like they added science to the syllabus, I was like, this is this is the one. Let's go. Mm. Just really like interests me. I never liked history or anything or English. wasn't that type of kid. But yeah, as I, I was gonna do biology through GCSEs, but then in A levels, I like fell in love with chemistry. So wow. I went went to uni. Chemistry. Chemistry is really hard. Chemistry is the hardest science, I think. Mm. Physics actually blows it out of the water. I think. Yeah. Physics is biology is the easy one, isn't it? Let's be yeah, real. Biology's biology is real. Like on. you can you can just think about it and it's like there and it exists. <laughs> Chemistry is like you can kind of like you can see like water and shit, but then physics is just like I don't know. Oh yeah, the- like physics is a lot of theories, isn't it? It's all it's all mm. imagination. It's mm. either really really big or really really small. Like it's space or it's like nanoparticles. It's like what I were you? Um, you said that your mum played a lot of R and B and your dad was a lot of mm-hmm. indie stuff, but. Yeah. What were you listening to like before drum and bass? Like kind of like a mixture of the two. I was really, really into Arctic Monkeys, uh, which was which I got from my dad. But I was like super obsessed, mm. which I think a lot of Northern kids are, yeah. especially yeah. just like because it was it felt like you know they're only in Sheffield, she's yeah, around the corner, yeah, kind of thing. And then I really liked like my mom was super into Mary J Blige, so I listened to a lot of her as well. Yeah. And then I liked the Ting Tings a lot. Oh my god! Oh my god! But I That's had, not my name. I had like a little purple iPod Nano. <laughs> With the wheel on it, and I had the Ting Tings album on there, and I would just like jam that yeah. all the Where time. Where are the Ting Tings now? What happened? The brother and sister, right? I, can, I don't oh, know. Yeah, oh, I think yeah. the brother's the drummer. I can still picture the album artwork in my head. Oh yeah. yeah. Wait, was it what was was it red? No. Yeah. Is it? And it's like kind of newspapery style. Isn't oh it? my god, I can see it. It slapped. It slapped. They had such a moment. Yeah. But the rest of the songs on that album were fire as well. What was the other ones? They obviously had that's not my name. Yeah. And they had. Those like, oh, there's another one. Uh, fuck the big ones. I don't know, my brain. Shut up and let me go. Oh, yes. that's, that's the, one. That's the, the other big one. On. Yeah. It's funky as yeah. well. And then I was also really into Owl City, which is Rogue. 
But I yeah. guess that's kind of like electronic music. That was probably my yeah. first, the first like really electronic music that I was into. Mm. And like learned to like harmonize by like singing along to those tunes. Which Fireflies. Yeah, just because they're super like, oh. Oh, what a tune, like what yeah. a, like genius. Seriously. Uh, and then what else was that? I got into K-pop at like when, like towards the end of like sixth form, I think. So like 17, 16, 17. Mm-hmm. And I was like really, really into K-pop. Okay, tell us more here because I mm-hmm. don't really know much about K-pop. All I know is it's mm-hmm. like people love it and it's like this huge deal. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know, it's like a different world. I've, I think, so I was into anime at first. Um just from like being like chronically online when I was younger, I think. <laughs> a lot of like, anime is such an internet culture thing. And then like that kind of transitioned th- through like music, because I listen to like anime music as well, like J pop, that kind of transitioned into mm. the K pop. And it's just like, I don't know, the whole industry is so different than like the Western music industry. And it is literally designed to do exactly what it did, which is just like, there is someone in this group for everyone to like. There's like, there's all this different kind of music, like K-pop like covers like all genres, obviously Mm. in Korea. Um, And it's just like, it's designed and like packaged perfectly just to like, just like TikTok, but like music just to capture your attention. Mm. But it's, it's good though. Like some of the songs are so like weird and wacky and just like different than what you would hear. From like Western music, and I think that's what like was re- was really like sticking out to me. And then also just like the groups, they just have personality, and they do all these like extra shows and like all this content and stuff. It's just so easy to like dive into, especially as like a young person. Mm. Who were like your favorites? My favorite initially was EXO, this boy group. But now these days, I'm more into the girl groups. Girl power, nice. like Blackpink. Uh, yeah, I like Blackpink. I like Red Velvet a lot, and Twice, and New Jeans. Have you heard of New Jeans? They've they've just recently released released some like UK dance music type beats. No way. Literally, they've got they released like two title tracks recently of their EP, and one's drum and bass, and one's garage and Jersey like bits as well. You know what? I think I have heard Super Shy. Yeah, I think I have heard mm-hmm. their tunes. Wow, because they like they came, they just like popped off like to the biggest level in Korea. Yeah, crazy. But it's sick to see the UKG influence. Like, yeah, it's so different. Like, and the the drums, it sounds proper like of this new wave that you were talking about. Mm. Yeah, let's go there then because mm. it's it's interesting how obviously trends come back around, things change, things develop. Like UKG, mm-hmm. Jungle Garage drum and bass mm-hmm. are not new genres mm-hmm. but I feel like the way it's permeating into well back into dance music back mm. into the mainstream into the charts mm-hmm. and then also artists like yourselves who are kind of flipping it and like I feel like what you and Tommy have done really nicely is like make say if we're going to pick jungle a jungle mm-hmm. tune but kind of like pop songwriting yeah that's the vibe yeah I think it was a big movement because like, obviously those genres are so sick and mm. there's so much like just pure like enjoyment to be found in that kind of music. But I feel like for a lot of people, it's hard to latch on to just instrumental music. Like obviously it's sick, I could listen to a fully instrumental drum and bass tune. But especially, I don't know, for like the mass market, people love, obviously who doesn't love like singing along to tunes and just like mm. connecting with melodies and lyrics and stuff. And And there was like the odd tune from dance music that kind of had that, vibe like flowers obviously popped off massively mm. and then there was like gold dust by shy Effects. yes have Think you heard the remix package that came out no is this a recent so it was like a 10 years of gold dust mm. which was probably like 2012 so i think it was last year mm-hmm. the remix package sorry this is a we're moving to another alley quickly. i'm down i'm down um, the remix packages so there's some really sick remixes on there and there's one my brother had it in rave and he sent like a three second video to me. He was like, what's this song? And then I found it. I was like, it sounds yeah. like Mr. Dynamite. Anyway, doesn't matter. there's one remix. I think it's Crafty Cuts mm. and it's like completely flipped the tune. And the original was such a banger, but this version, that particular one, it's that, so I good. To check it out. I didn't know I'll there was like you. recent remixes mm, of They're that. really good. Because it's such, such an iconic tune. Yeah. Like literally... Uh, so then there was like things like that where because like you know that's just like pure drum and bass jungle, but it has this like vocal mm. that people connected with, so it it went massive into the the mainstream where people people didn't probably didn't even clock it was drum and bass, you know what I mean? Mm. It's just like a fast song, I guess. Um, but then like yeah, there was I don't know what spurred it. Obviously there was like Pink Panthers as well, which was True. huge. That was like it was like twenty twenty one. It was around the same time that me and Tommy dropped Soft Spot, and there was mm. like. 
I know Vembi was just starting to make tunes as well, and there was a few others. Um, and it just kind of, I think it just reached a broader audience, especially of like Gen Zs who hadn't heard that type of music before, uh, like drum and bass mm. and stuff like that. And then, I don't know, people were just able to like grasp onto it and relate to it. And then it unlocked the rest of it through that. It's like a gateway, I guess. Yeah. Into wider dance music. It's interesting as well because it's dance music being made not just by DJs and producers. Mm. And also an artist that springs to mind is Yune Pinku. Yes. Because I interviewed her for my radio show maybe last year. And she said she doesn't enjoy or really go clubbing. Yeah. Um, and she's, I know she started DJing now, but she wasn't DJing at the time. Yeah. And I thought I write her for it was being interesting. Real about that. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you can be like, you can feel pressure to say like, like I was saying about, you know, saying I only got into dance music when I was like 18. Mm. You feel pressure to be like, yeah, I've loved drum and bass since yeah. I was eight years old. Like all that. And like, <laughs> I love the rave. But it's sick. That, you know, you can just be... You can just be real. Oh, gotcha. And do yeah. it in your own way. Mm. Yeah, there's a pressure to be like super headsy as well, isn't there? Isn't it? Because there's such a gatekeepy like, yeah. vibe with it all. Mm. Like with, I don't know. The Probably added pressure bros. if you're not a man as well. So true. Because like, I don't know, I guess if you're a guy, some people just kind of have this assumption that yes, a head. Yeah. A drum yeah. head here. But true. then for a woman, there's not that kind of like instant, you know, association, I guess. Which is changing, quite thankfully. Yeah. Well. It is changing, mm. um, but I can relate to what you're saying about. Oh, I felt I felt a little bit like yeah. oh, I should have because I I you know I used to I used to listen to electronic music you know younger, but it'd be like you know like Naughty's like Fatboy Slim, mm-hmm. Groove Armada, uh, Chemical Brothers. I have mm. an older brother, so a lot of the stuff he liked, I was I liked because Six. I was obsessed with him. Um, but I felt the same when I was cutting my teeth. In the industry at the start, I did feel a little bit imposter syndrome and Yeah, that's it. Or was it, you know, or maybe I've got really something to prove because I don't know, I didn't know of a discography of, I don't that's know. That's it, you feel bad Kevin someone, Saunderson's 98 mix from whatever. Yeah, like someone's going to ask me about this, like, and I don't know yeah. it. Like, yes. it's so embarrassing, like, I need to know all this. Mm. But it's like, nah, like, everyone has their own journey. Everyone yes. discovers stuff when they discover stuff. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make you any more of a dance music fan or not. It's how much you just enjoy it mm. that matters. Yeah. And dance music's no longer this, like, super underground thing mm. either. No. Like, True. it's actually a very mainstream genre now. So. Yeah, and it, like, I would say pop is literally just short for popular. Yes. Like, it is. Yeah. It is. It's not, like, some magical, like, genre of its own. It just means, like, popular music, literally. And, like, so, yeah, dance pop. It's just like, it's so yeah. big right now. And genres aren't usually like totally clear cut. Mm. There's often like yeah, a bit yeah, of yeah. blurred lines over is this this or is it that anyway? So mm. Yeah. How did you kind of get to the point you're at now where you're like, oh no, I, I know what I like and I'm okay with saying I got into dance music yeah. at this point? I feel like it's just like the more you get used to the industry and just get comfortable. And I have just learned a lot as well in general and just feel more confident in my knowledge. I've listened to so much more music because mm. like, you know, through getting into the music industry, you just meet so many people, you hear about so much stuff, you you listen to... I feel like my spectrum of music, music just broadened so much when I found out about all this, about all this stuff, mm. um, which was crazy. And it's... I don't know. I feel... Like, obviously, I wish I'd discovered it earlier and started enjoying raves at a younger age, but at least I didn't, like, mash my brain up too hard when I was 16, I guess. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I've got many awesome. raves to come, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. There's a whole lifetime to rave. Yeah. yeah. Do you get out and about a lot now when you come mm. yeah I love I love events like I'm there like to be fair less so these days because I feel like I go to a lot of events just for feels like mm. worky vibes mm. I'm, I guess you as well like festivals it's more like a and even when you're just there to go to one you're kind of still thinking about like the music industry and yeah, stuff yeah <laughs> I know I do know what you mean mm. but then equally I had a weekend free this weekend gone mm. Went raving. Yeah, let's go. Went to like Field Day, Black Pride, and then saw Meg Ward DJ. Oh, let's go. I know, all in one day. I think that's why I'm tired Mm. today. But (laughs) I actually enjoyed that because it was nice walking into a festival being... I didn't even look at the lineup. Just a yeah. (laughs) I just turned up and it was great. Mm. Sick just like finding new stuff as well. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I went to like Disclosure's album launch recently. and I had the great. I had the best time ever, like literally the best. 
and it felt great to just be there as just like I'm just watching our DJ set right now mm. I'm nothing to do with this also is it true that On and On was written about a festival experience yes it was about Parklife indeed alright what happened it was, so it was the Parklife it must have been 2020 I don't know one probably mm. September maybe or maybe 2022 I don't know it was the first one back after Covid anyway and cause, so that's why it was delayed to September I guess they right. pushed it back Yeah. so it was like a bit of a the weather was good actually to be fair but um, I had essentially, so the song is like a little bit of a lie, I guess, but it's about, I basically got home from Park Live and that's where I had lost my weed at home, not at the festival, but you know. Artistic license. Big night, lost my <laughs> weed, that's all I say. And it was a big night and I did lose my weed, um, but I did find it. I actually found it, it was, for some reason, in the fridge. No way. I think, oh, yeah. I've got a story similar to that. Mm. Um, lost my phone, didn't know where I'd put it, found it in the fridge. And what? it's because I went to get something. Oh, did you? Right. And I put my phone down in the fridge, which is weird behaviour anyway, that to pick weird. something up mm. and then phone's in the fridge. I get you. So you probably just, did that. Yeah, or I don't know if my parents just put it there because I think it was just in like a plastic bag, like it looked like a little snack. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. It was in like, like a little takeaway. Like, oh, Perry kind of really loves mini broccoli trees. Yeah. Wow. What, what's this? <laughs> now they, they're calm with it, my parents, luckily, because I, I don't drink because I'm like intolerant to alcohol. Really? Yeah. It's not an allergy. I just can't process it. So I just get sick before I get drunk. Oh. So. Fair. Mm. I wish I had that problem. I know. It like, saved me so much money. Yeah. I mean, honestly. you're kind of generation in general. It feels like you guys drink less than my like like I'm again I'm not that much older than you but mm. it does feel like the younger generation like drink less yeah it's interesting and everyone just vapes more <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> drinks less and vapes more I don't know to be fair because I've got some friends that like knock it back obviously mm. who doesn't but I don't know I guess like drug culture is pretty big these days as well true and yeah. it can end up being a much cheaper night and everyone is struggling mm. these days might, yeah. might be drink is so expensive it really is that might be a big part of it you know that's true I young mean, people are so broke yeah i mean how have you found this because our like economy and scene mm. are in is, is in crisis yeah. and i've 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 seen it you know festivals i've meant to play even this year are getting still postponed cancelled mm-hmm. had a residency in brixton for utopia and it was really, really fun. I'm really happy with it. And I see it as like a success, but mm-hmm. it was hard to sell tickets. And that was like a small scale, like 250 cap yeah. show. And I think across the board, what I'm seeing and sp- speaking to other DJs and promoters, it's been hard. It's still hard. Like we're not off the other side of the pandemic. It feels like the the, the effects of that are still being felt. Yeah. The revenue like for live music is like not recovered mm. at all. I was looking... I was looking it up the other day for some reason, but it's. Cr- I think like it's partly definitely COVID, like the the hit of that, but then also just the cost of living crisis mm. in general, which is like partly because of COVID and partly just Brexit and just everything. Um, but it's cr- it's crazy. People really just have a lot less like income to spare mm. to go to events and do fun stuff, and then because like you go you know go on a night out, like it's not just the tickets, it's the taxis, the drinks, the whatever, the cloakroom, you know the takeaway afterwards yeah. and it can really add up to a lot and people are just like you know putting things off because of that which is such a shame because you don't want to live like that and I definitely I was so broke at uni and like after mm. uni and I've, I've definitely been there like turning down doing fun stuff just because of money and it sucks like that young people and students particularly are in this position yeah so students like get lit you know yeah and also <laughs> but also students were at uni, which mm. is meant to be the time you go out the most, some mm. students were at uni during COVID time, so they literally yeah. were in quarantine or there was no events going on. Yeah, it's mad. My little sister got completely screwed by it as well because she started in the first year of COVID, so she had no freshers. She didn't even move to the city. Like, it was Leeds. She just stayed at home. It was, like, didn't meet anyone because, like, my friends were just purely from, like, you know my course I didn't really make friends with my flatmates but so many people just like make lifelong friends in that first week and Mm. it's crazy that she didn't get to do that she doesn't really have many uni friends because of it and I think a lot of people are in that position so I know it's so wild it's sad yeah because you obviously you only get to do it once really as of like fresher fresher Mm. yeah what um what kind of fresher were you 
I, I tried my best. Like, <laughs> honestly, I've got this drinking thing, but and I knew about it. Not mm. as not to, in, in the detail I do now. I didn't know my limits. I don't think any of us did it. Oh, no, definitely not. And the first night of Freshers, I was like, look, I'm going to do it. Like, I don't even care. I'm going to just drink. I'm going to get drunk. I want to do it. And I was, you know, I just met all these new people in my, like, student house or whatever on campus. And there was, like, all these events. And I was just like, I'm going to do it. I had this apple-flavoured Smirnoff vodka. Nice. It's tasty. I can't drink it anymore. And I only had like a quarter of the bottle with lemonade, like over like a few hours as well. I was actually lit. I was drunk for like half an hour, having the time of my life. By half 11, I had to run back to my flat and start throwing up. And then throughout the night, I was like back and forth to the toilet till 8 a.m., like straight from 11 till 8 a.m. Just like nothing was even coming up. It was just like bright yellow. Wow. Like a highlighter fluid. It was quite traumatizing. Yeah, Yeah. and it was just like, what is this worth it? Is this really worth it? So that was that was my freshers. That was the first night. I did have a good time at first. And at pre's and stuff. Um but nah, I did not recover. And then the nights after everyone was like, Come out, come out and I was just like, Why? Like what am I gonna Mm. do? So you didn't go out that much? Not in the first year of uni, and then it was the second year when I discovered dance music. And that was it as well, because I didn't really enjoy the music either. Mm. Was it also at uni that you got into pole dancing? Or yeah. was that pre-uni? Yeah, that was uh, that was second year as well. Everything popped off for me in second year. That's when you found yourself. Yeah, innit? It started <laughs> happening. We were turning into the person that we are now. Uh, it was just like, I didn't do any societies in first year. And then in second year, me and my housemate were like, we've got to do something this year. Like, you know, they do free taster sessions. Like, let's just do one. Like, I'll go if you go kind of situation. And we just went and it was like the most fun ever so good do you have either of you tried it no i'd love to mm, my, yeah. a couple of my friends do it you should do like a make a video out of it that like, jaguar tries pole oh my god the first time. so embarrassing <laughs> it'd be awesome get, i'm like the least flexible person you ever should give it so a go. someone needs to do like some fun <laughs> series like that with djs like get them to try mm, a stupid yeah show. wouldn't that be funny <laughs> i mean yeah people would probably love to see a bunch of people try and pole you've got to be strong though yeah, yeah, well, you get strong. You get strong. I was so weak at first. Like, really? I didn't do any exercise at all before that. Like, I didn't enjoy anything. Like, obviously, I liked, like, rounders, but not... Because you can just, like, stand there <laughs> I know, exactly. Just, like, hitting <laughs> hit the ball super fun. Love rounders. it. That was the one. Did it's, it? I'm the same. I loved rounders. It's, it's great. I think my friend's having a birthday party next week to play the rounders. Well, there you go. Throw it back. Throw it back. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I liked rounders. My dad tried to put me in a running club once and that, that was horrendous. Did I you just, just run away? I would just, like, cry. <laughs> I got asthma. No one knew. I was tasting blood. Babe. I was like, what's happening oh, to me? No. <laughs> oh, my God. And I was like, I'm not doing this. I like long jump. I guess if you've got asthma, pole dancing's a really good sport because it's not, like, It's not, like, cardio, it doesn't get you out of breath. Like, it's still... Yeah, it's more like muscle work. Yeah, rather, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Rather than like, because you you know you do a trick and then you like chill out yeah. and like watch the video and kind of thing, but it was so fun. Like I got I got so strong. I started like caring about being strong and flexible. Like I started stretching. I've got the splits. Like it took me a year, but we did that. It's crazy how you can just like do the splits if you just maybe stretch. maybe I should start pole dancing. Mm, maybe start, in a year I'll be doing let's the splits. Go. But it's like I can't recommend it enough. It's so fun. You, you exercise without realizing it. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things. Yeah. It works at like every bit of your body as well. Are you in a lot of pain? Like when, you, when you're when you starting at learning, is it just so, everywhere so hurts? Painful, yeah. Not even just the muscles as well, it's the skin that's the worst skin. bit. Because you have to hold your whole body weight up just on friction, oh like just skin. So like you just sit on the pole, like cross your legs over, let go and just your thighs on this metal mm. pole is holding you up. There's yeah. so many, and just like, or just like your knee, you just like close your knee in the pole and you just go hold on with literally just that piece of skin wow and it it's hurts so it hurts so bad at first like it stops it stops hurting you get used to it but you get mad bruises yeah as well. it feels like success when you get a bruise though oh my god it's wild people don't like it's just a sport like figure skating or gymnastics it's very similar mm. to those kind of things it's like really really impressive when people are like super good at it yeah I want. I'm. I'm definitely curious. So I will let you know when I'm ready. Yeah, yeah do when it. I'm ready I've got for a pole. Lesson. Come around mine. I'll I do will. It. <laughs> Have you got one in your house? Mm. That's cool. I've got two now. One of them's actually Ashley Cole's old pole. No way. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. Crazy coincidence. She was like moving out of her house in like London. One of my friends works for this agency and was like hired to help 
mm. her move out. And then she was just selling a bunch of stuff just that she couldn't take on the plane just to get rid of it, like a treadmill and a pole. I <laughs> thought you said Ashley Cole then. Oh, no. Ash- no, <laughs> That's no, why Ashley I was like, Cole, Ashley Cole. <laughs> Ashley Cole. Yeah, I think yeah. I said it a bit weird, to be fair. Uh, yeah, as I thought you meant I put Cheryl weird, Cole's like, ex-husband, the footballer. It. No, That's funny. Ashley Cole. Cole. That yeah. makes more sense. I was thinking, I had no idea. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense for her to have a pole. Yeah. Yeah. Have you? you do you guys know each other? No, I never met her. Just have her pole in my house now. So <laughs> That's funny. cool. But my friend met her who <laughs> sold the pole because she was just like, yeah, flogging a bunch of the stuff that she couldn't take back to America. 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 Mm-hmm. So why do you have two? What are you going to do with two poles? Teach my friends. Nice. So fun. Like it really, it motivates me to do it as well because it's hard to like get off your ass and get on the damn yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I just, I love teaching people because obviously like getting into pole changed my life, like physically, which I think is really important. It's good to have like a sport that you connect with or just like some kind of physical mm. body thing, whether it's just yoga or running, just anything. Um, so I, I don't know. Yeah, it's just really nice. Like, And it's just super fun doing it with your friends. Mm. Super fun. Everyone's falling over and shit. I guess it's probably a very humbling experience. Yeah, it's what you want. It's like going roller skating for the first time. Oh my God, I hate roller skating. It's not, it's not for me. Really? It's not for me. It's funny. Some people are complete naturals and then some people are Bambi. That's me. That's the Bambi one. But it's fun though. Maybe. Is pole something you want to put into like your performing? Yeah, I've I've done one show with the pole, which is sick. It was me and Tommy's Scala show last November, our London headline. And it was just like, there was just one moment. It was probably like a minute, minute and a half. Just like we added this like bit of whimsical music and I just like did a few tricks. Like I was, I was scared as hell to be honest because I had shoes on. You're not supposed to do it in shoes because your feet like grip onto the pole as well. I had just this like my stage outfit. I had like an IEM pack attached to me and I was like god they're gonna get trapped it's gonna like I'm gonna fall I think I practiced it the day before and I like I just kept falling and I was like ah but it went really well it, went, it was so fun mm. and I, I just I just like I would love to do more stuff like that but it's the thing's so hard to take around yeah it's heavy you've got to put a whole pole up in a takes, venue because it's just got like this weighted base it's like 100 kilograms oh my god they like separate into chunks but it's so like difficult to lug but we might go, we might try it for tour this yeah. year. Yeah. Okay. Let us know how you get on. Pending. Yeah. And I've done it in a few music videos as well. Yeah. Which is fun. It's like a nice little trick to have up your sleeve. Yeah. Love that. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, so going back to your journey. Uh-huh. So I want to hear about you making the tunes that we've spoken about, Soft Spot, On and On. Yes. Because um, it feels like you and Tommy have had like a quick rise. Mm. And so... It was wild. Just so I get the timeline right. So you were at uni. Mm-hmm. You did uni. Yep. And then you met Tommy. Yes. And then you guys met during lockdown. Mm-hmm. And then you got together. You lived together. Yeah, I stayed in his student house through lockdown. Yeah. So it was so soon as well. And I mean, <laughs> it's the, it was the time we lived in, yeah, listen, you know? It was, one, it was either like with my mom and dad or with Tommy. And I was like, that's a lot more fun. Like this yeah. young student band in Manchester. Let's yeah, do that. Why not? Yeah. Um, And then you started making music together. Mm-hmm. 
Was it and was it just like something to do? Because let's be real, there wasn't much going on. Literally, it was so random. So obviously, I knew he was in a band, but I didn't really know to the extent of the extent that he did like production and stuff. Because he'd like since he was sixteen, just been making like drum and bass and jump up on SoundCloud and stuff like that. And like I heard all that, and I was like, yo, I was because I'd never had any friends even into that music. Well, until like recently, um, especially not no one. I especially didn't know anyone who like made it or like even how like it seemed like such a distant concept to me and like, I would write songs on guitar through through my like, life but I, it seemed impossible to make a record you know what I mean like mm. something that you actually have on Spotify just seemed like impossible like it's not even worth like comprehending do you know what yeah. I mean to me uh, but then like I was just like I said thing I just said to him like show me how like how do you make a track kind of thing and I just sat and watched him on Logic and he made this beat and then I was like I don't know I just think I asked to try writing on it so he just sent it to me and then I put it on GarageBand on my phone just like looping it and just mm. like trying to come up with stuff like really scared to show him I think I had to leave the room while he listened to it Really, but yeah the first thing we ever made actually ended up on Frog MP3 the mixtape it's, it's the last track Sunlight it's no like a way. house tune yeah first thing he made was this like it's like Fleetwood Mac house vibes just like with guitar and it was I don't know it was just it just worked and I think like when I played played it to him like he liked what I wrote straight away and it just seemed like good synergy from the go to be fair mm. and then yeah we made that and then we just like I didn't I felt like I was bugging him to like can we work on music again <laughs> kind of thing because he had that all his band stuff and I didn't that was his main focus and I didn't want to like I don't know be distracting but it was just like we both just had a lot of fun and we experimented like made loads of different stuff um but we're just we're lucky we, that our tastes like align as well and mm. like the fact he was like always making so many beats but he was like a bit self-conscious about his writing but I would like write but well you know couldn't have any beats or like couldn't like play guitar well enough to write a good song kind of yeah thing. so you kind of were like yin, yin and yang in exactly. a way it fit very well yeah kind of like a band like a traditional band where yeah you have, like, everyone's strengths and weaknesses someone. just mm. like yeah. yeah everyone's got like a, a job to do yeah. kind of thing so where you you were singing and writing songs when you were a lot lot younger then yeah but did you ever think you'd be like actually a musician uh, like not at all like, i would always say like as a joke like i want to be doja cat Mm. but it wasn't serious like I was saying it just seemed so pointless to even like try well was it not serious because you you didn't know how to get there but did you like secretly want it or you generally were just like, like I, I definitely like wanted it but it didn't it seemed like such a like dream dream like a like an alternate universe type of dream kind mm. of thing that like that's just not gonna happen so crazy like it still trips me out it to this is, day. but i yeah. feel like this feels like one of those serum serendipitous moments mm. because you know if we hadn't had the pandemic pandemic for example exactly would you guys have been living a house together making loads of tunes in manchester probably that's not. what bugs me out the most how like easy it would have been for us to just never meet and for this to never have happened like, isn't it like the odds that we met are so low but even. that's life babes yeah. I know isn't it it comes at you fast and I just I don't know where I would be right now it's insane yeah. to imagine that I believe in fate I yep. do yeah I'm e- one of those. everything happens butterfly effect mm-hmm. yeah exactly that's it so okay we're going back to that time mm-hmm. making tunes it all fits and then you release soft spot mm-hmm. um and it just kind of went crazy online, right? Yeah, it was mad. So we'd, we'd been making like a bunch of disco and our first release was a disco song. And then Soft Spot was the second thing we ever dropped. And we just like, want, so I, I liked Liquid. So I was like, let's make some, because he he never really made Liquid. He made like loads of jump, jump up. Mm. And then he made his band stuff. And then I was like, let's make like just a really nice chill drum and bass song. Because Soft Spot is just very like, it's not happy. It's not sad. It's just kind of whims, dreamy, whimsical and yeah, chill kind yeah. of vibes. Um, so he just made that beat and then sent it to me and it was the same thing like I think by that point I'd like gotten logic and a laptop because we'd like been making a bunch of stuff and I just sat and like wrote literally it came out that one like it's always it's always the best ones that just like come out of you and I was just like damn and I pretty much just sent him like the whole song and he was like wow he really liked it I I remember thinking like let's go at the time it felt it definitely had a good feeling about it from the start Mm. which is crazy and Sometimes then yeah, you just know. I know, isn't it? I just had I remember like listening to it every morning, like putting my makeup on, like scrutinizing it. <laughs> and then yeah, it finally came out and it it was like it was doing like 
I was gassed with how it was doing for the first week um, in general, but it was still just like baby numbers really. But then after two weeks of it coming out, it started just like, I don't know, doing things on TikTok and on and Spotify just kind of supported it as well in their own way. They just mm. put it in a few playlists. And it just like, I don't know. That's when we started getting like emails as well from like labels and stuff, which was like so unexpected. I bet. It was crazy. How did you react when you were getting this attention? I was just, I was so happy to be honest, as you would be, but like the words like record deal just sounded like not even real. Do you know what I mean? Mm. That sounded like a joke from like a Disney series or something like, <laughs> get a record deal. And then there it was like on an email in front of me and I was like, I don't know. Yeah. We both, I just remember being Tommy both just like sat staring at a phone, just like losing our minds fully. I bet, because you guys were like, like 20... How yeah, like 21, you, like 21. 21 at the time, yeah. Yeah, wow. so, so it's, a big, it's a big old thing. And then it, it did happen. You guys did sign a big label deal. Mm. And it just felt like I saw you and heard you everywhere. Like, well, I'm glad, that, I'm glad to hear that. But yeah, it was, it was, it just went, I don't know. I think it's because we had so much music already. Like, yeah. We were in a really good position when we were negotiating with labels because we had a lot to play. And we had a plan, like, we were like, we want to drop all these tunes, like, as a project. We were calling it an album at the time, but now it's, like, it came out as a mixtape, mm. eventually, which I think was the right call, to be fair. Um, but, yeah, and then I feel like that puts you in a good position talking to labels when you know what you want, because then they don't think they know better and try and, like, make a plan for you, kind of thing. Yeah. Like, major labels, I'm talking about. Yeah, and you know. kind of had your sound and your everything mm. down, which is... And they, like, trusted us, luckily, Mm. Um, and let us like none of our music was ever really like scrutinized or changed by our labels. We've been very like we've had great teams. We've have mm. been very lucky um, with our, and I think it's just because like we're both so like Tommy's such a perfectionist, especially as well, and then I am with my vocals too. Mm. So we we would we're always like putting a hundred percent into it as well. Yeah, and then at the time as well, you guys were a couple, mm. and making music together getting a record deal mm -hmm. it, it sounds quite intense super intense <laughs> yeah. super inter it's interesting for our relationship as well it was definitely like it was a lot for sure mm. like the living together thing was crazy too I think we were both like we were very young so we kind of like took it well mm. um, but we were definitely like naive about it too definitely didn't think hard enough about that one yeah I mean babes, no regret it's <laughs> life, I know isn't it yeah I, I wouldn't change a thing yeah I change a thing. yeah no, that's good. And then you were like very like public and open about your split start mm -hmm. of the year. Yes. Um, but you're still collaborating now. Yeah, yeah. We're still we're just like bandmates now, which is sick. It feels it's like definitely better for our like projects for our music as well. I think mm. having this because obviously like there was something I don't know dating a person you're making music with. Obviously, there's like something interesting in that with the music that it makes. I guess. Mm. Um. But I think, I don't know, that was that's what's nice about that first album. It's like, that's kind of the diary of that and that's kind of the journey. And now now we're just like, I don't know, it's, it's a lot better for just like communication and just like working together without like, just like weird, like emotional deepage. You know? Yeah. Before before we were recording this, you are mentioning you did like a sound of show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like deep yeah. into the breakup. That was like, so... We announced the breakup in the new year, but we actually broke up at the end of November. So, oh, wow. So we'd been broken up for like, yeah, it was crazy. It was like literally we finished tour. It was a week after we finished our tour. That we had the the Warehouse Project show we had was the last show of the tour. Well, we we kind of counted mm. it um, as our Manchester show. And then, yeah, it was a, a, literally a week after that. Uh, so it had been, the, the thing was in January. So it had been like about a month and a bit, a month and a week or something. And it was the first time we'd seen each other, except for like the rehearsal the day before. And it was so intense. Like we just, I don't know why we just thought like it'd be okay. We were like, yeah, let's do a gig. Well, um, you did well. Like it looked, it sounded great. Pulled through, so, professional. That's it. Let's go. That's it. I feel like if you can get through that. Mm. Great team around us as well. Great people. Yeah. It was very like, every everyone was super good about it. Like our managers have been like so less yeah through the breakup because obviously it's a lot it's unexpected for everyone mm. um and we kind of felt bad telling them like 
It's bad. I like know. Mum and dad having to sit down the kids. Yeah, like. isn't it? So here's this duo that you guys have just started working with. Guess what? Like mm. something massive has just changed. It felt like so uncertain as well. Like every every week, me and Tommy both felt different about everything, yeah. and like it was so unstable that whole period. But then it wasn't till like this April. Um, yeah, up down came out in February as well. That was wild. We were still like really crazy at that point yeah and then april came around and that's when everything started like you know settling as friends yeah the new like new dynamic well well done because mm. that's not not easy we're lucky we're just lucky that it was very amicable and mm. that both of us just like we like we just i don't know we were just luckily kind of able to be mature about it because neither of us did anything bad to each yeah. other really we both like knew that we meant well the whole time mm. Yeah, then that's that's all you can ask for, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to move on to this. So you, you've been quite open before um, about using OnlyFans as a platform. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and I love that, by the way, that you are just saying it for what it is and just being open about it because why hide it? Yeah, exactly. Know? Like, it's not really anything to be ashamed of. To yeah. Be honest. It's one of those things like people, everyone consumes porn. So it's interesting that there's this taboo about you know, the people that make it. Totally. It's like, you see porn stars, like, you know, every week or however often you mm-hmm. masturbate. Um, <laughs> but it's just, it's like, why is it a shock that people make it? You know, if you're like, you're literally seeing it, like, there it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's such an interesting taboo. Um, especially, like, some people who consume it the most are the most judgmental as well. It's mm. really interesting, like, what's going on there psychologically? Yeah, it's something yeah. there, mm. for sure. Um, and you, you've said, like, without it, you wouldn't have been able to pursue music and you've helped fund your career so, and your yeah, life honestly, with it. So lucky. Like, uh, it was, so I pretty much started it as soon as I finished uni because I was so broke. Like, mm. I was like, I was working as well. Like, every weekend through uni, I was working at Asda, like, Saturday and Sunday shifts. Um, my parents were like, it was like an unfortunate thing. I think a lot of students end up in this situation where their parents are technically earning a lot so they get a really low student loan but their parents are in debt so they can't help them out right because it doesn't it doesn't calculate it after tax or after like you know your actual expendable income it's just on like income in kind of thing Mm -hmm. so yeah my parents were in that situation where they were just like struggling even though the the like paychecks were technically like putting me in this category to not get a good loan and I obviously I'm I was very blessed with my upbringing anyway, um, but yeah it made it like it made it difficult for uni. I was like very like you know s- super like I was like max overdraft and owed my friend eight hundred quid whilst oh I was God. working still. It was like a lot, and yeah, I was that's like stressful. I don't know that like, I f- I feel like I wasn't spending much like money that bad to be fair. It was just rent and like yeah living yeah literally yeah. I didn't go on any holidays or nothing. Didn't really like splash the cash but yeah it was it's just and i was in lancaster as well like god knows where the money went <laughs> to yeah. be honest, it's not like london yeah it would have gone in a flash if i was down here well it's hard isn't it i think it's something with the creative industries mm. it's like it's because there's like there's a really high percentage i can't remember what it is but it's like a like shockingly high percentage of people who work in the music industry went to private school mm. um and i actually went to private school mm-hmm. and it's not something i've ever hid, like hidden and like i'm very aware yeah of the privilege that comes with that mm-hmm. and this is so interesting because pursuing any creative job yeah really like it is a luxury to be able to do something because you you know yeah. when you're starting out you don't get paid or it's really yes. hard to make enough money to live so hard of creative i think as well stuff. as just as well as just like a school and class thing i think it's also like the country like mm. i think it's way harder to succeed in the north yeah 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 or just like not yeah. london yeah. just it's just london that's the bubble essentially like mm. not even just music like photography in London, everyone's here. Like all the clients are here yeah. doing like music and mm. et cetera, et cetera. And like not like styling as well. My cousin who does styling moved to London as well, just like I moved to music. Yeah. So anyone doing creative stuff, just like it's kind of forced to move. Like I didn't want to move to London at first. I love it now. Like I'm very glad I did. Did you just feel you had to? Yeah, it was like mostly for the label, and then like most like all the management's down here as well. Mm. Like I feel like it'd be kind of peak having a 
like manager that's like in a different city because it does feel far away mm. from Manchester, London. Um, but it's wild. It's wild how much of a difference it makes, and that's probably partly why I thought it was never thought to have it as a career. Do you know what I mean? It's probably part of why it seemed so impossible. Yeah, just like being up there in Manchester. Like, I don't know. How would you mm. go about it? So was it only fans that enabled you financially to do music? Yeah, so I started it and it was like really scary for the first like month where you don't earn a lot. But I was like grinding on the promotion. Uh, and then, yeah, it ended up like, I was I, I was just like so surprised with how much you could even make from it. Like, it is shocking. Because uh, like, I don't know. You kind of think like, who's actually paying for it? Yeah. <laughs> people do yeah yeah, fair enough especially when I work like it kind of makes more sense now I'm a musician and people like know who I am and like you know go subscribe and support for that reason too but especially then I was just like some girl literally um but I was like so blessed and it made me just like able to like I would still work at Asda but I like cut it down a lot so I just had a lot more time it was I was able to move to Manchester just being able to like buy a MacBook and Logic Pro like I remember at the time thinking like god is it worth it am i even going to use it enough like it's so much money like etc and you have to get an interface and a mic and headphones mm-hmm. and all this blah blah blah. it's a lot just to start because you can't really like make music without that stuff or you have to like book studios and that's expensive as well mm. don't really know what you're doing kind of thing so yeah it was like a huge investment and it was like a big deal and like i definitely 100 percent would not have had that money without OnlyFans, mm. and i wouldn't have like written tossbot on that laptop in my fucking room yeah, it's crazy. No, it's, it's a really good point. Mm. Um, I just said like, the promotion as well that I was able to... That I, I paid for like, I think like three TikToks from some like semi-big TikTokers at the time. Well, like like one was like 600k, 400k kind of vibe. Like no, no like super famous people. But like, yeah, I got a few TikToks and that was like, they were like 200 quid each or something. And that's just not money I would have had for mm. sure otherwise. And still at the time it felt like a gamble. yeah. I mean, there's so many costs in music. Mm. Um, I've traveled like, with my label as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm sure you know. Like, Everything oh my costs God. money. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Um, and it feels as well, OnlyFans as a platform, like it feels like the future for like sustainable sex work. Mm. And like, for example, it's it's safe for the people doing it. You can do it from home from, it? With, a, with a laptop in between. You can do it from home. You can make good money. Yeah, that's why I'm so like open and proud to be a part of it because like a lot of the porn industry is like see the thing with OnlyFans is that you make the content you choose what to do like you literally do like there's no one pressure in you to do anything you do what you want to do um and then you set your own prices all the money comes straight to you like there's no one taking a cut kind of except for like the website but mm. you know they host it so fair enough um but yeah literally all comes to you you get to make all the decisions you get to do like how however much you want reveal however much you want block whoever you want do you know what i mean yeah there's no pressure involved and it's like it's it feels good because obviously like i said that everyone well close to everyone consumes porn so you can't you're not going to get rid of it so there has to be a way to make it work and i feel like this is definitely like the start if not is it Mm. did you ever feel anxious about people finding out about it or like music like people who are fans of your music finding out about it or have Mm. you always just felt super open I was definitely like it was more so at the start especially when it's less successful because you know once it's making money you kind of feel like that gives you like an excuse to say like yeah I do this but you know I'm making less money like kind of (laughs) but when when you first start out and, and when it's not like massively successful it feels like really really scary to tell people and I remember it was easy with my friends because like you know I feel like our generation is super progressive with respect to that kind of stuff but obviously my parents were super scary to tell them yeah and like just like you said with music at first I was just worried like especially with like things like the BBC I'm just always like I don't know could that be a barrier it thankfully hasn't been because I mean it's been awesome um but it's still like something to think about and then it's something like i know tommy was thinking about as well and like Mm. our management was super calm with it too and i've just found nothing but like nothing but support from the music industry to be honest which is awesome can't say the same for like comments online but yeah i mean Mm. listen i feel like even if you god i feel like anything anyone does online someone's got something to say about it even you for like i'm gonna give a million pounds to Blind children. Mr. Beast, yeah. Yeah, literally. or like people be like, well, yeah. everyone's got something. Like, how, how do you deal with negative comments? Um, 
God, it depends. Some of them are just so stupid that it's easy. Some of them are funny, first of all. So that's yeah. the best kind to deal with. The ones that are just so stupid that they're jokes. Some of them are just like about something that you don't really care about or you just know they're wrong, so you don't really care. Some obviously hit hit deep. Some just like, you know, you've always had that that one comment that just like gets you right when, you, when you're down already mm. kind of thing. That's it. It's more of like the mood you're in when you read the comments. I think... I don't know. I feel like the best way is to read them less, but I don't know about you guys, but I've never been able to stop myself from like hate, like just scrolling through all the hate comments kind of thing. Yeah. So difficult. But yeah, you've got to just, I don't know, distance yourself from it and just think like they don't actually know me. They don't know who I am. They're just judging me off this like 15 second clip. And thing. they're usually hiding behind an anonymous account. That's it. With like zero followers and a fake profile. And picture. I really found that most hate just comes from like so say if you're, you know, someone scrolling through TikTok, you see a TikTok, you click on the comments. If the comments are already full of hate, it just They mo- feel empowered. Yeah, to- it makes you think like that is the opinion that I should have on this video, mm. so I hate it as well. Kind of thing. But if what your video starts out getting a few positive comments, it ends up being really positive. So it's funny how it either tips the scale really hard one way or really hard to the other. Yeah. Which is funny. I'm normally like, because we've put up clips from the podcast, mm. um, people love to just let us know <laughs> that oh. they vehemently disagree. Let's go. And, but I'm always like, thank you mm-hmm. for bumping this in the algorithm. Thank you That's for your it. comment. That's it. Like, sometimes I put up the more like spicy ones because I'm like, well, more people might watch the book, po- listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure. It's good for engagement, like it is. Like hate comments do help. Like I've had a few TikToks go, like pretty viral just purely because of the amount of hate they were getting, <laughs> which is quite like I don't know. It's like this is how Katie Hopkins did her. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, there's like there's so many people use this to their yeah. advantage, and it's like a technique now just to mm. purposely be controversial. Mm. Like, have you heard of KK Butterfly? No. Did you hear that TikTok song Chip Shop at the Chip Shop, looking like a slag? That oh, one. that. I feel like I've had my girlfriend singing that. Mm. It was like a huge TikTok tune yeah. last year. It was around the same time as Binley Mega Chippy as well, I think, conveniently. Okay. KK is just like the most... I met KK through TikTok because it was... A f- this is just such a tangent, but like basically they posted my song Words like t- a week before it came out or something, pretended it was their song on April Fool's and it was just sped up. It was like, Yeah, so it was, it was an April Fool's joke. And then luckily like... I found it jokes because it was funny for me. The comments on KK's video had so much love, but all my co- videos of the song had so much hate. So for me, it was just kind of nice to see people actually liking my song. I was like, yo, let's go. They were all saying like, KK, this is your best song ever, which was, <laughs> which was wow. like, I know, a double-edged sword. Um, and then like, I just, like, we just started messaging and talking through that, but I bring them up because they just like, will post the most outrageous, like controversial stuff just for like, like on tweets on twitter they'll just like write complete paragraphs of lies just under viral tweets and then a video of their song it's such an interesting way to promote yeah. just purely like winding people up also just i think clicks it's the, crazy the algorithm will serve your video to more people similar to the ones who've been engaging with your video that's it so if you start pissing off a community that disagree with you yeah it's going to get served more and more and more to that farm <laughs> to that but community it, that actually then, that very principle like was a major reason for on and on success as well yeah because some american guy called the crunchy beat shout out made a video saying that it was jungle and then of all the uk junglists got mega pissed off <laughs> and were like this is actually drum and bass not jungle mm. wait, wait, wait. which i mean like fair enough but it was an honest mistake, um, but him getting like roasted on that video blew the song up like loads because like so many people just heard it, and the people that were hearing it were like the UK dance music crowd because that's who that video was getting served to because they were the ones hating on it. So it was kind of like it was kind of like a beautiful mess, really. Interesting. I know. So just piss people off. Yeah, is that's how to that's promote the key thing. That's the key. Try and piss off the very target audience yeah. that you want to get it to as well. I mean, do you get super frustrated as well with the algorithm? Because I've I've had enough, to be honest. I'm like, oh, okay. So I spent like years like building up this follower fan base. Cool. I'm um, why did less people than ever see Don't majority of my content, so especially sad. the ones I've spent three hours editing in the shitty reels app because it crashes oh. and I'm trying to do Instagram 
and TikTok. What the hell? I know in it like I've reels is so hard. Babe, it breaks oh. my brain. Don't even start on YouTube Shorts as well. Oh my, I can't. <laughs> I I won't because I simply can't. Let's go. But Steam it's, coming it's, out your ears. I don't know because I I consume reels less as well, so I just feel a bit mm. like more alienated mm. from yeah. reels than TikTok. But yeah, no. What happened to the algorithm? I swear there was just something that happened because that's I feel exactly the same way. It's like why do I have all these followers? Why did I bother getting these followers? if you just don't show them my videos. It's almost like if you had less followers, you more people would see your stuff. I know, it's it's like, what? But I have a theory. Mm-hmm. I've actually, I actually came I'm up with this last night. Mm-hmm. Um, my mind is going to weird places this week. I'm like overtired, drinking too much coffee, but thinking mm-hmm. always. Philosophical era. Yes, correct. <laughs> so I thought, right, I was like, why does no one see anything? But then I thought mm-hmm. there's more content out there than ever and if yeah. you think about what it, social media is it's like the equivalent of like 10-15 years ago putting up a poster isn't mm-hmm. it being like my new track yeah love a girl by Piri yeah but then if you think about the wall the wall has like 5,000 posters on already and so and then there's like a crowd of people like yeah, rows and so rows of rows of people trying to see your poster there they probably can't because there's just so much stuff on the wall and mm. so many people trying to see. So true. You're right. Like, I think that was probably the shift as well, especially for music content. Because mm. I think obviously people see like TikTok's great for music promotion. Everyone rushed to TikTok. Then TikTok's just full of music promotion. And the exact that's exactly what you're mm. It's quite at. good that, isn't it? Yeah. I literally it's came a out great analogy yesterday. with mm. the poster. I could, I could see it so clearly yeah. in my mind. Visionary. The crowds trying to... But what do we do? Like, how... how like, what do we do, I don't Perry? know. What do we like, do? It's like either you be, like, completely outrageous or you just have to come up with the best idea ever. Like, have you seen that duo on TikTok, Flying a Boss? It's those two... The Hello Christ... I'm about to sin again. Those girls. They've basically been making these videos where they like run through really crowded places and like sing their song and like do like little dances and stuff. But the videos are just like so cool and they're like on motion tracks and stuff. And they were just so cool that they completely popped off just from that like video technique. And it's like, how do you come up with something like that? You can sit there and rack your brain for hours and it'll just, and I don't know, it's just such a, Mm. by like a, you know, random things. But how, how do you, one, how do you come up with your stuff? Mm. Two, how do you have time for like making music, promoting music, doing poll, touring, living? What, how, genuinely? Honestly, that I just, I just haven't really been making much content lately. Mm. And that's, that's it. Like, I don't know. Obviously it comes in like waves of motivation, but right now I'm definitely out of beans on mm. TikTok and I'm posting really infrequently. And you kind of just got to allow yourself to have, times like that yeah true the the more you force it it's not gonna make it any better gonna make you more stressed but yeah i don't know like nothing i've posted recently has done exceptionally well to be honest and it's kind of just like it just kind of feel pointless recently i wish i had an answer (laughs) maybe we'll never know so peak um we're coming towards the end Ah! i i want to ask you i want to ask you one more i think and then we'll move on to like the final question but obviously you make electronic music you are vocalist. You've you producing now as well, mm-hmm. which we love to see. Will we ever hear a, D, uh, a Perry DJ set? Perry DJ set. Let's go. Well, I, I yeah, I really want to. I need to just learn. I'm basically like I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of intimidation with that. Like, and then there's also just like I just don't know if I am the type of person who would be bothered to constantly be putting music on a USB stick. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Like, I know that's like, such a lazy thing to say, but like, I don't know. It just, it seems so long to me in my head doing that. Fair. And like record box and all that. Oh, Bez, if you can do Logic yeah. and Ableton and make tunes, <sighs> you can do record box. Yeah. I will show you record box. Show me record it's... box. Because like Tommy DJs, I could have asked so many times, just teach me how to DJ. He had decks like, in our house. Um, putting tracks on your USB is quite fun as well because it's just like picking your favourite music it's kind of like make just like yes uh, but the, how do you get all the files you know what I mean like, oh yeah that's a bit that, yeah, that's but, it like, if I could just take them from Spotify and put them on a stick that'd mm. be calm but you've got to like and then you've got to make edits and things like, mm. that would be fun to be fair I think I'd enjoy that more than record, <laughs> record boxing stuff <laughs> no that's fair I mean and then DJ, I would love to try just like actually just physically DJing because I've never tried that it? either now I've like pressed a few buttons on it like I know what the buttons do kind of loosely 
Uh, but I've never made, I have never blended. Wow. I've never done a blend yet. You teach yes. Jaguar how to pole, pole dance. dance and Yeah, the, the mad exchange. Let's you go. Should do That's that. so funny. That sounds good. Yeah, but I would love to. So many people like are getting into it these days. So many mm. like girls I know. There's a lot of like Loud London who just like DJ and it's sick. And I feel like, I don't know, yeah, it would be nice. Mm. Just sounds sounds scary. Like, you know, you're so responsible for the whole room. People act as though DJing is easy, but it's so stressful. Mm. I think to do it well mm. is a skill. The actual, like, technicalities are not difficult, like the basics, I would say. But, like, to do it well, yeah, mm. is a skill. Yeah, but DJs don't get enough credit, I think. Like, just the pure pressure of, like, being on a stage. Just, like, all these people are only listening to what I'm playing right now and I have to set the vibe. I think that's... Mm. It's not easy. Yeah. There you go. Um, shout out Loud London as well. Oh yeah, shout oh, out. Shout out to them girls. Uh, okay, which was the end? Mm-hmm. Final question. You ready? Yes. What is your utopia? My utopia, right now, I feel like I just love... I'm really happy with my gaff. I love my gaff right now. It's got like colourful paper chains across the roof. Always keep it spick and span. Just like in my house, eating in Nando's. Like I have like Nando's probably four times a week at least. Nice. I've actually got a problem eating that. Um, just with like probably like on logic, to be honest. That's just like when I feel most actually in the zone. Like it's not, it's, that's my, that's a very personal utopia. Mm. Obviously, the grand scheme of things would be like, you know, world peace let's go world peace would be awesome but yeah no my personal utopia is just like a very chill evening at home sounds great mm. all right perry mm. thank yeah. you thank you so much for having me it's, it's honestly been such a sick chat it went so quick i know literally crazy also perry nando's brand deal with the <gasps> perry where perry is it? where is if it? you love nando's they've get that sent bag. me a few <laughs> gift cards i'm eternally grateful mm, anyway. but we need the your perry, face perry. on a bottle of yeah. sauce that'd be like they made like a bottle for ice spice that said ice spice on it and it was all like encrusted with gems and i was like <laughs> <laughs> she she you know rock that ice spice she deserves it mm. yeah you're next i'm sure spice themed names yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's go Utopia Talks is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.